Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? Watching guys run on Twitter. Um, getting excited that somebody who's athletic came out athletic. I don't know. There's uh, some exciting stuff. Combine, I mean, it's exciting, though, the combine with um, – well, we are recording at 7.19 on Thursday, March 2nd. Just to keep that in mind in case somebody does something crazy by the time you're listening to this. But Nolan Smith, pretty crazy, 4.39. Uh, I mean, he's only 238 pounds, but edge rusher. And then it kind of also steals away the thunder of Byron Young running 4.43 at a heavier weight. And then uh, Adetomiwa Adebaware. Good job. Hopefully that's correct. 449 at 280 pounds. I mean, that's pretty crazy. And then last one that has been crazy so far was Kalijah Kansi, 467 at 280 plus pounds. So a lot of real fast guys. And it makes you feel bad for PJ Mustafer, who ran a 541. Like, if you know you're going if you see the five second mark and you still have like five yards to go, I'm pulling my I'm I'm pulling my hammy. I'm going down. <laughs> <laughs> not, not necessary. I kind of oh, no. well, I kind of want to go to Clancy because one of the things that we're doing right now, I think everybody, we actually said it on the podcast in February. I think Bengals fans, NFL fans, they have different position groups until the combine and still until pro days, until the NFL draft, what a team does, free agency. And it's always going to change. And I felt pretty heavy on the offensive side of the ball early on for the fan base of, of how they felt for the Bengals to go at 28. But Clancy was somebody that, you know, he's out there and they need help on the defensive line. And then early on, well, maybe he's a top 10, top 15 pick and he won't be there at 28. When you see the numbers from his combine, you know, how do you feel about him? And do you think he's going to be a guy that's going to be taken off the board really early? Well, as far as I know, he just ran the 40 and left. That's is so, that that's not great for him. Well, I mean, he has such a good it's almost like when John Ross beat the record and he's just like, I don't do anything Thank else. <laughs> but uh I mean I guess he figures he did something similar. I mean, Aaron Donald was a four six eight, and I think that was the fastest defensive tackle before him. So he apparently is the fastest defensive tackle, although not the fastest six foot one, 280 pound guy this year. Um, but yeah, I think he saw his 40 time was very happy with it and just said, I'll show you, I'll do the rest 
at my uh, pro day, which honestly, that's the right move, right? Like he run the 40 at the combine because these numbers are crazy juiced. Like maybe they're real, but <laughs> I just feel like they're running a little faster than I think they should. And then you do everything else on the pro day where you get little, uh, you get a little pro day boost. So I respect it, but also I wish he would have done more um, really short arms. So that is something that is a concern uh, about that is just, I think it's bench, which isn't really that important, but just seeing the bench because you have short arms, less, less distance to go. So he should be able to put up a lot of reps, but we'll see if he can't do that. Then I think that raises a red flag about like, what's the preparation like, but, um, if he does put up like 30 reps or something wild out there, then yeah, mm -hmm. I think the Bengals like to see guys that can do that, that are real workout warrior types. Um, so when it comes to the Bengals getting him, I don't know if he'll be there at 28. Just I think he's a little freaky. I think he moves different, and he's coming in refined. I don't think he's Aaron Donald, because who is? But um, I've been comparing him to Jonathan Babineau, but faster, more athletic, more explosive. Uh, more refined. And then my friend told me Rod Coleman. <laughs> These are really old. Rod Coleman from the early 2000s. We had, a, uh, I think, multiple 10-plus sack seasons, undersized defensive tackle. We don't have to go Aaron Donald. We can go into history and find some other guys. So there's some other comps. He doesn't have to be Aaron Donald, Grady Jarrett, or Bust. Um, I do think the Bust chance is up there, though, for higher than some others just because he's so small and he doesn't defend the run very well at all, which I've also been told by somebody uh, that I know knows somebody in pit, but who knows hearsay uh, that they were like, that it was more important. They got penetration rush the passer than it was like stress to them that that's more important than defending the run. So maybe there's a little bit more there for him, but he's so small that I also think it doesn't matter. He's probably going to get beat up in the run game a little bit. Nolan Smith, I think the image a lot of people saw early after he ran and the official time came out, which was crazy and amazing. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. Do I want him in Cincinnati? Mm -hmm. uh, but the image was he threw his phone. He was on his phone, then he threw it. And everyone's like, well, what happened? What's he mad about? And luckily there were reporters there. And I was listening to the broadcast and Stacey Dale from NFL Network said she went over to him and was like, what's up? Why, you know, why are you upset? And he said, you know, I didn't run my full speed which is crazy to think about because that was a really good number. And at the same time, he was frustrated because he felt like his number could have been better. What did you think about Nolan? So his unofficial was in the 4-4s. So I think he saw 4-4 something and he was mad because he wanted to get in 4-3. And his official comes out 4-3-9. So I wonder if he is still a little bit faster than that. But that's pretty crazy already. Um, yeah, I, he's light. That is the first thing that came up. I think he's 238 pounds, which is less than BJ Ojolari, who everybody has knocked for being light. He plays strong, but he is light. So it makes you question a little bit of like, okay, well, the Bengals like big brick houses as their edge rushers. You think of Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendricks is pretty big. Osai, not as big, but then Cam Sample fits that. And going back into history, you've got Dunlap and Johnson and all these big dudes that played there. Nolan Smith doesn't fit that bill, but he had a heck of a day. I've heard he also jumped over 40 inches uh, on the vertical jump. I assume 
and I mean, the show it get off is there. And that is the most important thing about playing the, any type of pass rushing position is your get off. Because if you get off, every other move is set up and you have a way to win. You can win around the outside with speed, or you can get off speed to power, or you first step, you threaten them. They are scared. They overset and you work back inside. So there's quite a bit to do with uh, being able to move like that. So I see why he's interesting and they interviewed him. Although I have said before, I don't think those are predictive for anything. The Bengals, I took one guy they interviewed last year, as far as we can tell. And that was out of like 50 people. I, I guess they interviewed Cal Adamitis, but I wasn't counting an undrafted free agent for that because I'm thinking top couple picks. Uh, but yeah, they interviewed him. And I'm wondering if the interview was basically, why didn't you produce that? Well, and why are you so small? <laughs> Can you get big? <laughs> you talk about the interviews and it actually reminded me of the night we talked to, um, I remember when Jamar Chase was drafted and at the time it was the uh, Zoom interviews. So we were all on a Zoom, like all the Cincinnati media jumped on the Zoom and Jamar is on there and ready to ask all the draft questions. And, you know, some of the questions were like, did you meet with the Bengals? Did the Bengals talk to you? Were they constantly talking to you? He's like, not really. He's like, it wasn't really like a huge like communication back and forth. And he even joked when someone goes, they brought Zach Taylor's name up. He goes, who's that? And, and we were like, that's your head coach. He's like, oh, I'm just joking with you. I know who that is. That's, that's my, that's Zach. Zach's great. I love Zach. But it just made me laugh because I was like a guy at five who they were going to take. And there was all these questions. Is it going to be Panay Soul? Is it going to be Jamar and Chase? Remember, they sent everybody to Oregon for Penny Sewell's pro day and they didn't take him. I don't know. I think they meet with guys they don't like, and they're like, sell me on you. Yeah, because so, they knew everything about Jamar. They could talk to number nine. They're like, tell me yeah. everything I need to know about Jamar Chase. So it just kind of, you you bring up a good point. And, and there was actually someone, um, I, I saw your tweet earlier on Twitter, and someone quote tweeted it and said, you know, I, I and I'm paraphrasing exactly what he said, but, I, but I, I liked what he said. And he was pretty much saying, you talk to guys you want to know more information on or more about. And that's what they're doing. They want to talk to some more of these guys. I don't think it means too much. Hey, maybe they do talk to someone that they end up drafting because they have a great conversation and they like everything that they're hearing. But it doesn't it doesn't mean a thing. It, it doesn't. I mean, all these teams are meeting with several guys out there. You know, the all pro days, I think, are important. But at the same time, they're not. I mean, you just brought up a good point with Benet Soul uh, when and, it comes. Uh, Zach himself went to Kyle Pitts pro day. Yeah. So it's at the end of the day, none of that. I don't, I don't look too much into it. I think the team is just doing their homework when it comes to all the guys who could possibly be there at that time. Uh, the good news for them, they pick a 28. So they're going to be meeting with plenty of guys and we determine on what that board looks like. And I know you're going to go back and watch a lot of tape when it comes to just defensive line guys. And I still think it, it's a problem when I think of what this team needs to do when it comes to filling holes, they need to be able to get to the quarterback. So if somebody on their draft board is there at 28, yeah, the trenches, they're extremely important. We talk about the offensive line all the time. The defensive line is just as important. And uh, that needs to be a focus. And maybe they do, even though they don't, go that route in the first round but the thing is they're picking so late in the first round that maybe their mindset will change depending on who's on the board like i said this is almost like a second round pick for them because it's so late to be the top 25 picks definitely the top 20 those that's your first round and once you're outside of that um it's still technically the first round but i think it's kind of split up where you're probably not finding somebody in that really high up their bucket they kind of did last year i think a lot of people love dax hill 
we didn't get to see it. That's going to be this year. But, and I went back and watched and I had him in that really good bucket, you know, that first round talent type of bucket. They didn't have to get into the second round. I had like a second on, uh, I believe I had a second on Kyler Gordon and he went early second round. And that's who I thought they might take because they're like, well, they need corner. Right. Uh, but they didn't do that. So I don't think they're going to reach for need similar to last year. I think they'll let the board fall to them and pick somebody because that's kind of what you have to do. I pick 28. I mean, that's kind of what you have to do in the draft. Like the whole point is free agency. Let's plug our holes. You know, free agency is the duct tape. We're going to plug the holes in the boat with the duct tape. And then, you know, when we get to the draft, that's going to be a nice piece of wood that should last a long time. <laughs> I mean, I'm always still best player available, but I'm actually really excited about this draft more than I was last year. Um, you know, obviously that was an exciting season in 2021. And then you have another good one in 2022. But this one, I'm like, OK, you, you have the talent around you. Um, there's going to be a few extensions that we'll hear about before they get into drafting. And, and, and who do they pick up in the draft? So the first round is a huge question mark for me, because if you would have asked me, you know, what position group were they going to go with in the first round last year? I don't I wouldn't have said Dax Hill. I'll tell you that right now. I was I was Safety surprised. Was the last thing I watched and I skipped him because I was like, hey, he's kind of a slot defender. They got Hilton. I'll move on. And you have to wonder, obviously, when you pick late in the NFL draft, there were probably some guys on their board that they probably had over Dax Hill at that at that time range of the draft. Um, you kind of get a feel of, hey, who's probably going to be there by the time you pick. And, um, you know, it was a smart pick because obviously they're more than likely going to be moving on from Jesse Bates. And now you you have your starter and he was able to get a year under his belt, um, at least just being being in the room. But uh, kind of going forward and, and other position groups that you've watched, I know we've talked about tight ends. This wide receiver class doesn't feel too top heavy or too heavy in general. When you think about it, there's no Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase guys. Um, maybe no T Higgins in this draft, but overall and other position groups that you're going to be looking for. And you're kind of, hmm, I want to, I want to know how that guy's going to do at the combine. Ooh, I am curious. Well, defensive line was a big one because I was interested. I I'm almost more interested in guys. I haven't watched like, I want to see the corners and what they run and what their athleticism scores are. I haven't watched a single guy other than part of a game of Christian Gonzalez where I was watching somebody else and I just kind of peek over. And I mean, my very cursory watch was, yeah, it's a first round guy. Similar to the Paris Johnson one, except he could fall because the corner is supposed to be super deep. So I want to see what all the corners run. I want to see, um, and I want to see running back too, just because running back, I think that 40, it's almost the the edge rushers, the defensive tackles, the first 10 is what matters the most. And then for running back, that 10 matters, but you almost want to see the flying 20, as, as it's called, the last 20 yards of that. Because I'll tell you how much, what's their breakaway speed. And there's some guys I got some questions with that, even some guys that are like surprising. Guys that aren't surprising. I mean, like Zach Charbonnet, I got the question, like everybody does, like, well, What's the flying 20? You know, it looks like he just doesn't have that extra gear. But guys like Ty J Spears is is a guy I'm like, well, what's the flying? Because he's been caught from behind a couple times. You know, what is is he as fast as I think he is? And then you look at Derrick Henry, who ran a 4-5-40, but he's just a really slow starter. Flying 20 was almost Zeke. Uh, and peak Zeke was actually fast. Don't think of, like, current Zeke Elliott with that. He's, like, in the open field, you know, 
full speed. Derrick Henry is probably nearing a 4-3 type of speed. You know, he's super fast for that size. So I want to see guys that mat, that destroy the flying 20 because they'll tell me who can break away when they're given uh, a runway. And the guys I think that can do that are Devin, A-Chain, is, Israel, Abanacanda, and uh, Chris Brown. I think those are the three guys that will dominate that. But I'm wondering, well, which one of them is the best at it? And also, is there somebody I'm missing? I didn't watch absolutely everybody. I've watched like 13 or 14 guys, but there's more out there. And does that give you a guy to look at that maybe I was going to skip past? I definitely think cornerback room is intriguing for Cincinnati because that is such a Cincinnati Bengals pick in the 20s to go. I mean, I remember when it was um, Jonathan Joseph the following year, they get Leon Hall and it was late in the 20s and not 28, but at the same time, it just feels like one because you do have to think of the future too. Uh, Cheeto, this is his last year in Cincinnati. I mean, unless they work something out, uh, but he's coming off his injury. You get Cam Taylor Britt out there and then at nickel, uh, Mike Hilton, I think he only has two more years left on his contract counting the 2023 yeah. season. So you need to be smart at that position and maybe they go cornerback if there's a cornerback there at 28 yeah uh will jack definitely in the 20s and mm -hmm. was drake or patrick in the 20s i think he was he was yeah so, so like every corner they've taken over the past decade has been in the 20s so it adds up and it's a deep corner room and i think it could end up being bpa staring them in the face uh, but we'll see. I, I haven't watched these guys. I don't know. Maybe it's overhyped. Maybe it's properly hyped, but this is supposed to be the deepest area of the draft. So if they have like six first round corners, you could end up with one or two first round guys following you compared to when, I mean, I've talked about the offensive tackles. I think it's a lot of second round guys. I would take a first round corner over a second round tackle, even if I need a tackle, just because I want to get that first round corner. He's probably going to sit a year without injury, but heck, corner gets injured a lot. He's probably going to play a little bit his rookie year. And then sadly, that probably means, actually, mostly definitely means you're moving on from Cheeto the next year, but uh, you got to get cheap and you got to get these rookie deals. You got to get some young, cheap talent in there. Everybody talks about Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round running back. They also had seven rookies on that defense or rookie contracts. One of the two, uh, I think it's rookie contracts. So it's seven rookie contracts on that defense. That's what the Bengals need to do to go for their Super Bowl is have a super cheap defense that they can live with and then maximize the offense. Lou deserves this. He deserves another defensive player yeah. at 28. He's he's done great things in Cincinnati and he's back. And if that guy's there, unless, you know, if you're adding to the pass rush, if you get a guy on the set in the secondary, I am all for it. But you bring up a good point. Injuries happen all the time in the secondary. So more than likely uh, that cornerback would get some reps in his rookie year. But uh, more to get to. Mailbag. You guys sent your questions. Appreciate it. Make sure you're following along. Bengals underscore Sands at LNDS Patterson. We'll get to that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.